0: Welcome to the Second Summit Podcast with Alan Burgess and Dan Maycumber. How's it going, Al? Well, I've
1: learned something recently, Dan. Yeah, what's that? Come to find out, smoking is bad for you.
0: Huh. You don't <laughs> say.
1: You know, I've never wanted to really believe it unless I experienced it myself. But cardio has been unreal lately. Running, on the elliptical, going hard and the difference, since I quit smoking, is unbelievable. I think more people ought to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably sound <laughs> medical advice, I would say. <laughs> I I'll tell you, man, I've been having fun doing cardio. My knees, on the other hand, i got to be a little more careful running, because I'm not kidding. My knees hurt. We're not as young as we used to be, Al. I guess that's what it is, but who, who would have thought I'd see the day where my lungs were feeling better than my knees. I'm really pretty excited. Under 1,800 calories, Dan, Katie and I are really moving along in the right direction. Lily's coming to the gym with us. We're having a lot of fun going to the gym. I'm strapping Blair on the front pack, and I got her on the front thing, and I'm on the elliptical, and it's going back and forth. and It's not bad. She falls right to sleep, but someday – Lily's going to tell her how hard I sweat with her right up against me like that. And she's going to hate me for it.
0: She's having fun now, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's cool with it. Well, that's all that matters. That's the way I look (laughs) at it. Well, that's good, man. And uh, I wanted to, to make sure I mentioned this on the podcast, too. A lot of this stuff is centered around, like, My relationship with you and how you've confided with me and I've helped you with certain things in your life and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, and I know you know what I'm talking about already, but a couple weeks ago, I called Al up and I like to do stuff around the house. But every time I punch into some drywall and have to patch it, it's like I want to pull my freaking hair out. So I call Alan up because he's got some experience. How, how long were you doing house maintenance? Seven years. Gee, okay. I didn't realize it was that long. But So whenever I have like a house project and I get stuck on something, usually I call Al up. And I call him up. I'm like, man, every single time I deal with this drywall stuff, patching and this and that, it just looks like garbage when I'm done. There's streaks everywhere. There's big dips and divots and holes and this and that. And I finally got to the bottom of it. Well, Al, Al got to the bottom of it, really. And it was the spackle that I was using. So you go to the Home, home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you get your stuff at. And you go to drywall repair. And it's got all this 15-in-one, multi-purpose, resurfacing, finishing spackle all-purpose, whatever. And that's the stuff that I've bought ever since I remember buying that stuff. I had a guy come in recently and and did some work on the house I wasn't comfortable doing. He put in some doors into the office. And I watched him doing his drywall work. And I was just amazed at how how great it turned out. And finally, it was just driving me nuts. I called out, like, what am I doing wrong? He's like, well, you're using that stupid spackle. It hardens, it's too thick, it's this, it's that. You got to get some joint compound. I went to I went to the store, got a five-gallon bucket of that. And this weekend, man, I just spackled everything. Like <laughs> nail holes, crack. You know how your house settles uh, here and there, and you'll mm. get a little crack along a seam or whatever. I've been fighting two or three of those ever since we moved into this house. And I finally have declared victory on that, so... I appreciate you uh, pointing out pointing me in the right direction there,
1: Al. Well, good. I'm glad I can help. You're gonna, be, <laughs> you're all having fun in mud now. You're gonna be punching <laughs> holes in the wall just to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I could be of some assistance. That definitely every job, and I know. Well, you could say that mud's a tool. You know, every job comes down to having the right tool. If you have the right stuff, the right tools, most jobs are not that hard. Yes. But when you don't pull, oh, oh, simple as stuff. I mean, think about trying to pound a nail into a board without a hammer. You know, and seriously, it's true. I mean, you could pick up a rock. There's things you could, but it won't work very well. But if you've got a hammer, you can drive nails. You know, it's a very simple example, but it's the truth. Every job comes down to having the right job. Yes.
0: Yeah, I was amazed at how much easier this whole thing has been. Like yeah. I did every single crack, crevice, hole in my sheetrock, dimple, dent, whatever, in one day this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was great. So so yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. Well, we've got a lot talked about today, so let's get into the episode. So last three episodes we've kind of been rebranding you know with that we're asking that everybody if you if you learn something on the episode if you like what we're doing here at second summit if you like what we're doing on the facebook page uh, go ahead and share the link so we're gonna put out a link that says hey this podcast is up and available and all this kind of stuff go ahead and share those if you want tell your friends about them and and let's have some discussion about these episodes on the facebook page too. So you'll see that on the uh, Second Summit crew on Facebook. So if you want, go ahead and uh, share, like, comment, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. So let's get into it. The last three episodes, we've been talking a lot about who we are and identifying strengths and weaknesses. Well, that leads right into a discussion about what's important in life. And you could have a chicken and egg discussion there. Well, I am who I am because I think these things are important. Or I think these things are important because I am this way. So I'm going to start start us off, Al, with a question for you. And that is, what are the most important things in your life? No pressure.
1: <laughs> well, there's the obvious answers there, right? My wife and my kids are the most important people in my in my world. You know what I mean? And they are. But it's funny that we're talking about this because, as always, this chicken and egg conversation leads me back to my recovery and the group that I'm in, you know, and the groups that that group means so, so much to me. So I can come into this chicken and egg conversation with that group, which I've thought about many times, right? So I got clean, spend more time with my family. But without my groups, without the work I've done on myself, I don't have my family. So to say, my family is more important to me than my group. And the work that I do on myself would mean that, I don't know how, I guess I don't know how I'm trying. To, the point that I'm trying to make is they're equally as important because they're one and the same. I keep my family by doing this work on myself. I do this work on myself so I can keep my family. So those things are intermingled. So I think that it's easy to say that my family is the most important thing to me, but. My family is a result of who I am and the things that I make important to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good description, Alan. I was pondering this as I was preparing for this episode, and I was thinking, man, I know the easy answer to this question. The easy answer to the question that what is the most important thing in my life is my family. That's the easy answer. It's also kind of a cop-out answer, too. Because just like you're saying, there are more things that play into that. Like, like yes, family is important, but there are things that that contribute to making your family important, right? So the way that I broke it down when I'm thinking about what the most important things in my life are, I basically made three categories. I said family, freedom, and happiness. I'll explain each one a little bit. Under family, people say money isn't important or it's not important to me, or I don't need things in my life. Those aren't the most important. The the fact is that if you want your family to have a good quality of life, you need to have money. You need to have shelter, transportation, food, clothes, entertainment. You need all kinds of stuff in order to take care of that family. Right. Okay, so money, so money is an important thing to me. Well, how do you get that? Well, well, I have a job. So my job is important because it falls under family under the money section of my So it's also important to me to be good at my job because I want to have good results and be stable. Time falls under family, right? So I want to be an efficient person. Being efficient is important to me because that gets me more time with my family. Uh, also, fitness. Fitness is important to me because I want longevity in my ability to take care of my family. Okay, and that's and that's basically what I've got for family. If we move along over to freedom, I was thinking, because I came up with family and happiness at first. I'm like, man, there's got to be something else there. If I'm saying my family is important and being, being happy is important, there's got to be something else that's important too. And I thought freedom described it pretty well, like I want the freedom to to do basically whatever it is that I want to do, and then you can you can break that down a little bit too, so money shows up here as well, so I want the freedom if I want if I'm at the grocery store and i 'm hungry or I want this kind of a snack or this specific item, I want the freedom to be able to just buy that without being like, well, I probably shouldn't." <laughs> Uh, I want trust. I want people's trust, which gives me freedom to do the things I want to do. If I go to work and people are like micromanaging me, that's related to trust. I I don't want that. I want them to trust that I know how to do my job and I'll go out and do it well without micromanaging. Uh, Fitness. I put fitness in here for freedom. I want to be able to physically do things that I want to do. Uh, And then discipline kind of, ties all of that together the famous jocko willing saying is discipline equals freedom well i buy into that pretty heavily and i think that if you apply discipline to money trust and fitness that you'll have freedom in those areas as well and the last thing i've got here is happiness and they say you know money can't buy happiness right But there's also a pretty good country song out there that says, but it can buy me a boat, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, it can. Buy you a boat. (laughs) So, I, I mean, it's, again, it's the reality that, man, take away all my money and see how happy I am. Like, I agree. Happiness is the goal. Money isn't. However, you need one to get the other. Money isn't the reason that I'm doing these things. I want money because I want to be able to have the things that make me happy, and I want to be able to support my family. I want the freedom to do all of that. So, money is in there, and it and it shows up frequently. Time, like I want to have time. I don't want to be all stressed out. I think that that would make somebody unhappy. Uh, things. This is this is another probably unpopular one. You hear this a lot, like things don't make you happy. You know, people experiences do. Well, that's cool and everything, but I do, I like to buy like gym equipment. Like that's cool. When I get a new piece of gear for my gym or for my, uh, when I'm doing my woodworking or whatever it is, I think we can all relate with the, with something And it doesn't even have to be anything like extravagant or expensive. But you buy something and if it's something that you want or you have wanted, that makes you feel good and makes you happy. So I don't think we should shy away from that. We don't want to be materialistic and make that be the primary focus of everything that we do. But I think we can
1: recognize that some things will make us happy and and that's okay. I want to kind of add something to that because I think it's important when we're having this discussion. Obviously mental health is something that I focus a lot on, right? I've done a lot of done a lot of work on it, my own mental health and it doesn't take long to find out that when you have different forms of addiction that mental health is tied into that and it, and it might be easy for someone with a mind like mine to ignore the fact that they need some work on mental health, right? Yep. So, I think I think that where we run into the the difference between what you're talking about and the conversation of money won't make you happy, is starting from a place where you're unhappy. If you're happy and life is good, then buying a piece of gym equipment does make you feel good and does make you happy. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's a, that's a great thing. The thing that you need to remember, because I agree with everything you're saying, but the thing that's important to remember is that if you're unhappy, it's a little bit wrong-headed to think to yourself, well, when I get my degree I'll be happy. When I start making $100,000 a year I'll be happy. Those are the things that's kind of where the wrong-headed thinking is. It's not so much in the fact that owning things and buying something new that you really want can't make you happy. It's the idea that your happiness is going to be fixed. Your mental state of being is going to be fixed by achieving a certain thing. Cuz that's a hard thing when you get there and you go uh this really wasn't quite what I thought. I thought this was going to cure me and it didn't. So that's the that's kind of the difference. That's where I think some people fall off, you know. Right, and, and I, think, I think the conversation starts
0: and I think one word can solve that kind of wrong-headed thinking behind that kind of stuff. One word and that word is alone. Money alone will not make you happy. Things alone will not make you happy. Right. Those are not the end all be all. They're not the goals. Right. The goal is to be happy. <laughs> right. And then you can break it down into how you do that. And that's going to look a little bit differently for
1: everybody. Maybe part of being happy will be the success. And that's OK. We'll be like becoming CEO or whatever it is you're trying to become in life. You know, maybe climbing that mountain will be part of being happy. It comes from every aspect as well. So it's a, for me, right now, a raise would make me very, very happy. <laughs> but but there was a time in my life where a raise really wouldn't help me that much. Right. So mm-hmm. it depends on where you are, where your brain is at. I can remember, Dan, I think this is an interesting. I can remember so badly thinking to myself, I wanted to get to a point where if I stumbled across $200, It wouldn't change the course of my entire day. Yeah, you know, it'd be oh cool. I found two hundred dollars, but it went, and I'm there now. I'm at a point in my life where if I stumbled upon two hundred, and that that to me was a dream before. But it's an interesting concept of where we are and where we're going, and what's gonna make us happy when we get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just through this discussion, I think I've identified something that's missing on my list, and that's balance, Hmm. right? Because in the in some of the analogies that you use, you don't get there without balance. You know, we kind of hinted on it when I was saying that, yes, that alone won't make you happy. But you, you said something about going to hike a mountain might make you happy. Okay. Well, that might make you happy. But if you've got – rewind my life three years ago and you've got twin babies at home that aren't sleeping through the night – it's kind of irresponsible for me to go out and hike a mountain and leave those babies at home with mom, right? And that probably in the long term will not make me happy <laughs> because it won't make her happy. So I think that balance is, is another really important thing to, to say what's important. Yeah, I agree with that. Awesome. Well, okay. So, so I spent a lot of time talking about trying to avoid copping out on that question. I think I've done that. Now... Let's move it along. And I, I also think that we've, we've kind of hit on why those things are important too. I think we, we started from like a higher level and in, in broken it down so we kind of understand why we've covered in depth why money and things can be on this list, right? why those things are important because they lead up to other bigger things. So the next thing that I want to talk about is how do I prove... That those things that I say are important are actually important.
1: Actions, my friend, right? Because actions always speak louder than words. So you gotta go you gotta go do it. You gotta do what's important. You can talk about it all day long. But until you're actually putting that into into fruition. So if making more money to, to support your family is a priority to you, of yours, but you turn down overtime at work or whatever your situation may be. And you're you're proving otherwise, proving that that's not important. If your family's happiness is important to you, but you're coming home at night, you're you're getting on Facebook, you're kicking your feet up and ignoring your family around you, then you can claim all you want that their happiness is what's important to you and this and that. But if you're not doing your audio needs to match your video, you can say whatever you want. The way you show what's important to you is in the things that you do. You can be an eloquent speaker. You can stand on a perch and you can talk. We can we can record this podcast and we can say all kinds of fancy things about what we love, what we love to do. But if your audio doesn't match your video, it's not what's really important to you, right? Yeah. That's simple.
0: I think you nailed it, Al. I think actions. I think that's the most simple answer to that question. How do you prove it? You prove it through your actions and what you do frequently. Like you said, if you say time, spending time, quality time with my family is the most important thing and you find yourself kicking back, scrolling through Facebook and nobody's talking to anybody else, then that's, that's a discrepancy of what you're saying is important and what actually is important because you're not spending time with that person. And it reminded me of a uh, commercial I saw, which was pretty funny. It was some exercise bike and it's this lady that's on the bike and she's pedaling at like one revolution per minute and scrolling on her phone and somebody walks by and she's like, cycling is my passion. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, we see that. We see it a lot that oh, my family is the most important thing and then they go home and they fight <laughs> at night with their significant other or whatever. So I guess the harder question because I, I feel like that was an easy one, right? How do you prove what's important? Well, you got to act on those things. Okay, that's the easy part. But what do you do when you find yourself on your stationary bike, barely pedaling, reading an e-book or watching a YouTube videos saying how cycling is your passion? What do you do when you don't prove it, when you don't act on what you say is most important?
1: You have to start acting on what you say is important. I mean, it, and it really is. The last thing we want to do is overcomplicate this. We don't want to oversimplify things, but we also don't want to overcomplicate them. And you know what this conversation really reminds me of, Dan? Always, always back to what I, what I know and what I do. You know what I mean? And that's in my recovery process. So different steps that we might work. The amends process is very late in your process of working, these different steps. And there's a very specific reason for that. It's because sorry is pretty hollow when you haven't been living your amends, when you're not doing things to prove that you're sorry, when you're, not, when you're not doing actions. You can say all you want, hey, I'm sorry, I really feel bad about this, but the best way to say you're sorry is to live your amends. And the best way to know that you've been living your amends is to see how an amends is received when you say it out loud after a few years, after however long it might be, whatever it might be. That's when you see, oh, I guess I really have been living my amends because they're accepting it. They're believing me. And they're accepting my amends by trusting me, by trusting that I'll show up. And if people still aren't trusting me, well, then I'm still not living my amends. What do I have to do different? What's going to change? What's going to make it so I do? You know, you got to pedal that bike. If cycling really is your passion, you're not pedaling. You got to pedal it. I agree
0: with what you're saying that the very first thing is that you got to start acting on what you say your priorities are. There is one other option there, though. And maybe it's that that's not actually the most important thing. And maybe it shouldn't be. Right. So you need to kind of evaluate that. Yes. If you if you take a look at what you think are the most important things in your life, and there is some kind of discrepancy there, I think you got to go back and say, okay, why is this actually important to me? And figure out if that is actually something that's important, or hey, maybe I just thought it was important to me. It's not really, and this other thing is more important. Either way is okay, as long as you're doing it kind of intentionally, right? You want to be in a position where you're making that decision consciously, and not just Miss being misaligned because you didn't understand that you were.
1: And maybe I just like the way it sounded. Yeah, I can agree with that. I just like the way it sounded that cycling was my passion, but maybe cycling really isn't my passion, <laughs> and that is perfectly right. okay. It is. We're not all the same, and it is okay.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, I've got a lot. The last question of the day. I've got a. I've kind of hit you with a lot today. I feel like Al. A lot of big. <laughs> questions so here comes the last one for the for the this episode and that is how do you want to be remembered
1: oh oh, 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 oh. how did muhammad Muhammad ali has a saying about this i can't i wish i could quote it you must have heard it before you know i want him to say that they took a little cup of sugar and I don't know. I'm not even going to try. I wish I could. I wish I could spout it off right now, but I can't. (laughs) Do
0: you want me to look it up? Here it is. It's a poem by Muhammad Ali. He took a few cups of love. He took one tablespoon of patience, one teaspoon of generosity, one pint of kindness. He took one quart of laughter, one pinch of concern, and then he mixed willingness with happiness. And he added lots of faith and he stirred it up well then he spread it over a span of a lifetime and he served it to each and every deserving person he met.
1: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's just beautiful. About me, really in the end I want him to say he put his good where it did the most. I want to be remembered as somebody who loved unconditionally. That's what I try to do. I don't always succeed at it. I would love to tell you that I'm I'm a person who never judges anybody. And loves everybody unconditionally, but that is a damn lie. <laughs> I do judge, I do act out on character defects. I do think bad things about people sometimes when I'm talking to them, you know, but it really is what I want. it's who it's who and what I wanted. I want you from any in every walk of life, literally without exception, to know that if you need I'm here. That is what is most important to me. That's what I want to remember. I want at my funeral, if there was a lot of people around who said, that guy helped me one time, that would be pretty good for me. That would be what I would call a successful life.
0: Yeah, I like that, man. It's it's good. For me, I had to take some time and really think about this as well. I said I want to be remembered as a hardworking family man with good moral character that is fun to be around someone that lives a life worth emulating and that leads that leads by example. So I want to be remembered as responsible. I want to be remembered as trustworthy. I want to be remembered as fun.
1: Well, I think that sounds a lot like what I said about you at your uh, wedding, Dan.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I think those are good qualities. Everybody wants to remember remembered. No, no question about it. We, we do the best we can. And it's interesting because I thought about this before. Everybody views you a little bit different. And I think we even view ourselves a little bit different. And it's a, strange, it's a strange thought to think that we never exactly know how we're viewed through other people's eyes. We tend to focus on bad things that people said about us. But we don't know what good things people say about us. I think that's an interesting thought. It's something that's worth keeping in mind. Just the other day. Me and my brother work together and he said to me, he goes, he was, yeah, well, I'm about all done praising you. And I said, when the hell did you start praising me? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I have never in my life heard you say a nice thing about me. (laughs) So what, (laughs) what are you trying to claim here? And another guy that works right in the same office as him was sitting there laughing. He's like, well, yeah, I guess I, I guess I never say anything good about you in front of you. <laughs> 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 that's funny to me that, like, in his mind, in his mind, he praises me so much that he's sick of it. It's <laughs> sounds <Sometimes laughs> funny because I've never heard him say a good thing about me in my life, and I certainly didn't think he was praising me. You don't necessarily know how you're viewed, and that's why you just, if you do what makes you proud of yourself, then that's about as good as you can do.
0: I think that's a good way to summarize that and and kind of wrap us up here so this whole episode has been about finding a mountain worth climbing right we're we're on this new path we've created the crew here we're talking about season one in our kind of preparation phase we've talked about knowing ourselves and now we've identified some things that are really important to us and now we can go and take action on those that's where we're at I think that we've covered this topic pretty well. So you got anything to, to add for this one there, Al?
1: Just asking anyone in the crew if they found out anything about that pinball game. I still don't have it.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, help help Al out. I don't really remember playing that game growing up. Yeah, you don't I, remember that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I do remember, Al. Is I remember that the Candyland
1: games. You remember those? Yeah.
0: They had some, like pool and little mini golf things and stuff yeah, like that. Candy
1: stand, not Candyland.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, candy stand. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I remember those games.
0: Yeah, those were those were pretty cool. But
1: this game was cooler than this.
0: I'm, I'm at a loss for for the pinball.
1: Oh, so, I remember. That. So if
0: somebody out there can help us out, we'd we'd appreciate that.
1: <laughs> you would you would be leaving me just a little bit better if you could find it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, that's, that's about all we got
0: for today. So until next time, we'll meet you back here and we'll all be a little bit better.